Check, 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 Uh, we are live on uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Indeed, we are. Um, we are going live on YouTube, and we are going live on Facebook. And in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, uh, children of all ages, welcome to Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. I am... Tony Avisic. It is uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That means it's living on a thin line at time. We come to you normally every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, six days a week. We take Saturday off. Uh, no, it's not religious. It's just uh, we need a day off. Um, we, uh, we are your daily uh, distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today as best as we can be. Uh, well, the show is brought to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where it's solely for your listening pleasure. And where, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, there's some fantastic interviews spanning the last five years or even longer with some of the top uh, entertainers in the uh, nation, region, and uh, uh, local scene today. Uh, see, I did that backwards. Um, also, uh, we come to you on YouTube at Comedy Schools and... We come to you here on Facebook Live. Three platforms. The show is built around three things. Your questions or comments that you place on the aforementioned social media platforms. So uh, it's important that you leave us comments and questions so we can we can interface in an intimate style with you. Uh, it's built around that. Then uh, we generally show some knickknack, doodad, periodical, bobblehead, curiosity, uh, antique that we have laying right around here at the home office of ComedySchools.com that we show to you and try to weave a story around. And uh, finally, we recommend generally one or two artists or piece of music based off our vast vinyl album or CD collection. Now, let me address a couple things. We were not on the air yesterday. Uh, and we made no announcement about not being on the air yesterday. Um, and there was a reason for it. And the reason was, uh, and if you kind of look if you're on Facebook, you see this little uh, dark spot right there on my face. Uh, the reason was uh, something that I do on a regular basis uh, that anybody who is uh, getting into their 40s or 50s uh, should do on a regular basis, although I'm not a doctor, maybe even earlier, and that is once a year I go to see a dermatologist and I get uh, Botox. No, I go to uh, see a dermatologist and I get uh, checked out for um, precancerous lesions. Are uh, little uh, little uh, little cancer spots. Those little scaly spots that seem to begin to pop up all over us as uh, life goes on. They could be uh, described perhaps as a life well lived. Um, so once a year, I go to a doctor and they just simply freeze dry them off. And by doing that, I'm not doing a public service announcement here. On a regular basis. That on a regular basis, uh, I possibly have, and you possibly could save your life. Because if they're left uh, undetected, unchecked, and allowed to grow, uh, they can uh, become uh, skin cancer, they can become uh, melanoma, and they can become quite serious. There's two types, basal and squamish. Uh, basal, I believe, are the ones that kind of grow out. Those are what you mostly get. Those little scaly things that pop up on you, little brown patches, things that you'll itch, 
and they don't and then they they don't seem to go away. Uh, those are basal. Um, what can happen with those if the cells will never break loose, they can float around the bloodstream attached to another part of your body and you got troubles. The other type is a squamish that grows down deep in and uh, they can be quite serious. And that's where you'll see friends of yours on occasion with uh, some big old cut or scar uh, that generally heals uh, on their face or arm somewhere where they had to cut in deep to remove it. I've had two of those. But yesterday I had about 15 of these babies just freeze dried off of me. Just freeze dried right off. You go in there and the guy's got a little can of dry ice or whatever it is they use. Bam, 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 bam. And uh, had them removed and uh, I'm fit as a fiddle. So if you are of a certain age, and I'd go, uh, I'd go as low as 30, okay? But definitely if you're 40, definitely if you're 50, without a doubt if you're 60, uh, it, um, it'd be to your benefit to go see a dermatologist and have these things checked out because they are getting rid of them. There's nothing to it. But if you let them hang around, they are major. Um, why are we getting so many of these now? Is it global warming? Is the sun closer to the earth? I don't know, maybe. Uh, I certainly think that uh, global warming or climate crisis is a real issue. Uh, that's not what we're here for today. Uh, is it probably, is it probably more common that people our age are seeing so many um, uh, um, uh, Kelly Wilson says, sorry to hear, but glad you're a-okay. Yeah, Kelly. So once again, let me point out, if you go in and get these things checked out on a regular basis, they just put a little uh, freezer. They, just, they do a little with uh, something. It's, it's like an uh, aerosol dry ice, and they pop these things right off, and there's no problem. There's no problem at all. Uh, if you let them go, then they can become a serious issue. Uh, how, why are we getting so many of these, our generation? Could it be that when we were young, we were sun worshipers? Could it be that uh, where I grew up in Missouri, a uh, regular Friday night uh, dating attire was to be shirtless? Could it be that we used things like copper tone and baby oil to try to bronze ourselves up until we were browns, golden gods? And in that way, <laughs> in that way, even baked in the possibility of future skin cancers? That might be more the answer. You know, uh, we were probably, uh, we certainly were the first American or Western civilization uh, generation to be so practically naked for so long outdoors for so many years. If you look at uh, pictures of bathing beauties on the beach in Atlantic City at the beginning of the 20th century or uh, the late, once we began to become somewhat of a leisure society. So think about this for a second. As uh, many troubles as you got right now, as many worries as you got, and boy, Lord, do we got them. Uh, we have become, especially post-World War II, but somewhat beginning of the 20th century, we moved toward a leisure society. Uh, you need no further proof of that than in Arizona, our number one industry is uh, tourism, and uh, uh, all those things that encompass it. Vacations, tourism, golf, entertainment, resorts. Uh, you know, there's entire multi-billion, multi-multi-billion industry dedicated to travel, leisure, entertainment. Uh, and that, by the way, is the one that's been uh, the most severely damaged during this very uh, sad pandemic. 
But starting in the 20th century, people started going to the beach for fun. We don't really see any records of that during the times of, uh, since in Roman times. They had the Roman baths and the villas and stuff. But pretty much from the Dark Ages moving up into the beginning of the 20th century, leisure being taken seriously is nowhere to be found in any records. But we began to do that. Now, at the beginning of the 20th century, we still had much more of our Puritan uh, ethics intact. In and when people did go to the beach, they were almost as fully dressed. There's pictures of men with full suits on the beach and uh, women's bathing suits covered almost their entire body. But in the 1950s, with the, uh, with the, uh, 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 the introduction of the French bikini... We can blame the French for all of our troubles, can't we? We're going to talk about the French a little more uh, in the show later on today when we get into the music part. That's right. French and music. I said it. Hard to believe. Uh, when we, uh, that, uh, and with free time and with money. A combination that started in the beginning of the 20th, 20th century and then took off like a rocket in the 1950s. Money and leisure. Became, began to become, uh, appear in abundance. And by the 60s, we were running around naked and listening to Jimi Hendrix in Mudfields. So one of the, and you know what? And I don't regret one second of it. I don't regret one second of it, but one of the problematic side effects of a leisure society and an Epicurean society, Epicurean meaning that we were like, eat, drink, and be merry, uh, is possible uh, little skin cancers on your face. So um, if you are, like I said, of a certain age or if you have the insurance and you're going in to see your doctor for anything at all, your regular checkup, tell them you want to be checked out for these things because you'll stick around a whole lot longer. You'll probably live long enough to see another pandemic. See? <laughs> live a whole lot longer and live to see a lot more crazy things. Why, I tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you go in and get your precancerous lesions checked out now at a doctor and them freeze-dried off, you may live long enough to see Donald Trump try to run for president again. And Lord almighty, we all want to stick around for that. So anyway, that's why we were not on the air yesterday, um, because the uh, doctor's point was at two. I was going to want to make some big announcement, but I just went, you know, let's just take a break today. Uh, so for those of you who watch and listen to us every day and we sincerely appreciate all of you that do uh we apologize about not letting you know but we're back now and we'll be back uh all this week taking saturday off and then sunday um how wealthy is america even in the middle of a recession this saturday my community maricopa meadows the wonderful fantastic uh over 1600 soon to be 1800 homes of which I'm a proud member of uh, its board of directors, is having our community garage sale. That's the poor. And how 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 poor of a capitalist are most of, most of us love, but most of us are shitty capitalists. We are, for the most part, the worst capitalists in the world because we continuously, without a doubt, buy high and sell low. And if you don't believe it, 
If you happen to be in the greater Phoenix area this uh, coming Saturday morning, and you can make it out here to Maricopa, drive around our community where dozens upon dozens of people will have uh, clothes and knickknacks and electronic equipment and, and doodads and children's toys all sitting on the front lawn, selling them for practically nothing. Sell them for 10 cents on the dollar. I know you I know you don't. I know you don't. I don't think I'm rich. I know we all have a lot of economic anxiety. I know we do. But do this. Okay, go out to that extra shed you got in the backyard. Go out to your garage. Look in your closets. Look at all the stuff that you don't use that you've bought. That just get. Go out and look at that piece of exercise equipment that has now just become a clothes rack. <laughs> and then count your blessings. Because your blessings cost you a small fortune. You know what? And I don't blame you for buying it. Man, the, the amount of exercise equipment I've bought. I'm going to work out from home. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work out from home. Both I just had this one thing. Shirley went out of her way one year to buy me a dip bar. And some people go, well, that's appropriate. Visit with something that's named dip. Uh, went out of her way to buy me a dip bar. I, got, I, I said, you know, you can do all the exercises right here at home on the dip bar. Put it all together. Hardly ever use it. Now, in fairness, that's uh, about the time my back went out. And By the way, I don't want this show today to be about the, uh, the physical travails of Tony Visick. Uh, my back is uh, pretty darn good right now. But right around the time I got it, so when I started having some serious back problems I had to address, they are addressed. Uh, and it just became something we hung stuff on. It just became something we hung stuff on. Weights and dip bars and... and uh, 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 George Carlin called it stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff. So uh, uh, Nancy Amon says garage sales are great examples of capitalism. Ha, yeah. And they're also great examples of how badly we all are at being capitalists. Um, anyway, um, I don't think I have any exercise equipment in the house now. You know what I still do now? And I don't belong to a gym right now. Uh, I just think it'd be stupid to go to a gym to look good and then come home with uh, come home with the hoax. Come home with the hoax. Shelly Austin says that's her back patio. Yeah, we all have that space, don't we? You know, some of it's stuff that uh, served its purpose. Shirts and pants and socks or whatever, you know, not socks, but shirts and pants and things like that that one time were in style or out of style or don't fit us anymore because uh, we've gained weight or lost weight. Gained weight. Um... You know, some of them don't, aren't that anymore. But a lot of them are like some of the things we talk about around here uh, on this show sometimes. Some of the things that we have around here. It's the whole ethic of bobblehead rescue, ladies and gentlemen. It all comes back to bobblehead rescue. That's what it comes back to. That bobbleheads, which are coveted and adored and admired and uh, seem to have uh, a magical, mystical place in the minds of so many, oftentimes then end up on someone's ash heap or at some uh, Goodwill or Curio shop or shoved in the back of a closet, and, and we rescue them. We rescue them. We don't collect them. And uh, uh, we have about uh, 60 of those uh, poor souls that now are uh, safely, uh, uh, safely tucked away here in the office. All right. Hey, um, so anyway, that's why we weren't on yesterday because the product of our, uh, of our wicked, wicked ways Leads us to have to have our, our face freeze-dried every once in a while. Uh, let's see who else is with us. Charles Kaminsky. Hello, Shelly Austin. 
course, I said hi to Kelly. Hello, Nancy. Randy, Bob Stevenson, uh, James Connolly. Very funny comic, James Connolly. Uh, Tina and Mike. Hello, Chris Bennett. Uh, the whole tribe is kind of gathering here right now. Uh, it is Veterans Day, and uh, we honor uh, we honor all those members of the uh, military service. Uh, this Memorial Day is for um, those uh, wonderful men and women who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice to uh, our country during times of war, declared and undeclared. Veterans Day is where, darn it, we just, uh, we acknowledge each and every one of, of anyone who has served in the military. And so uh, to all of you, we say thank you uh, and we appreciate what you did um, often tell, you know, you know, in most wars, only 5%, in most wars that, uh, the Ameri uh, United States, World War II, about 5% of the people who were in the military actually saw action. Think about that thing. About 5% of the people who were enlisted in the, all the military branches, uh, that the United States of America has, uh, during World War II, only about 5% saw action. 95% did not. But they did place themselves in a position where if called, they would serve. If called, they would serve. People ask me uh, if I joined the military. And the answer is uh, no, I did not. Uh, yeah, I came up uh, during the Vietnam era. Uh, there were those people who, even into the late 60s, early 70s, uh, joined. But for the most part, the people who were in that, uh, that war were drafted. Um, I graduated from high school in 1973. They had just ended the draft. As a matter of fact, my friend Kelly Wilson is uh, uh, watching the podcast right now. We were roommates in 1973. I turned 18 a month before he and I got our, uh, our apartment together. And sometime in September of 73, my dad came by, knocked on the door, grabbed us both up. Even though we were independent, man, we were free. We're grown up. Got our own apartment, dude. Got our own place. That's Hey, we come over party. We got an apartment, knit second floor apartment there in Hauser Springs near Lake Monoese. Uh, and uh, say, you boys, are you boys registered for the draft? No, we're not going to register for the draft. Let's get your ass in the car, get you down there, get you registered right now. You know, it's the, you know, you, there's no draft. You still got to register. You go to jail if you don't. And there was a draft uh, that you had to register for well into the 70s, ended under Jimmy Carter, I believe. Uh, so we were not going to be drafted. The war was winding down. And, uh, and I had no interest in going down to Fort Leonard Wood for a few weeks and getting a shitty haircut and marching and then being sent someplace like uh, Wichita, Kansas to uh, sleep in a barracks with guys for nine months or two years. I had no interest in it because that's primarily what happened with guys in 73 or 74, 75. So I figured I could... Uh, I figured I could hitchhike through Kansas on my own and get high uh, without uh, collecting a government check. So, uh, but for those of you that did, even if it was if it was then or now, we salute you. Very cool. Thank you. Um, cool stuff going on with us, of course. Um, even in the middle of a pandemic, you got to have a good time. You got to laugh, and and uh, there is now some big rays of sunshine bursting through the dark clouds of this pandemic as we see this, uh, once again, French, I don't know, maybe that's why I chose the musical artist I did today. Uh, we can blame the French for our skin cancer, uh, but now we can uh, praise the French because um, I believe Pfizer is a French company. 
for coming up with what appears to be a very effective vaccine. It doesn't mean we can all run out and start licking each other this weekend. But it does mean that uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel of this um, horrific situation. This horrific situation. So, um, uh, once again, we can ask, we can uh, thank the French, the French for uh, uh, for bikinis, and we can thank the French for possible vaccine that'll uh, reduce this hoax. But even uh, call it the hoax. You know, I don't think it's a hoax. It's my little jab. It's my little jab. It was people going, I think it's a hoax. I don't think it's real. Um, but even during this time, you got to have a good time. And uh, by practicing safe social distancing guidelines, uh, we're able to bring you some uh, a little bit of live entertainment uh, on the weekends uh, here in the greater Phoenix area uh, at no uh, at JP's Comedy Club. JPsComedyClub.com. JPsComedyClub.com. Safe social distancing stand-up comedy. Uh, tickets are only $15 this weekend. One of my favorite guys from the red hot local Phoenix comedy scene, James Hoinscheidt. So if you're looking for something to do, pop on down to JP's comedy club, pop on down to JP's comedy club, uh, this Thursday at seven o'clock Friday and Saturday, seven and nine, and check out some really great developing local talent and the very funny James Hoinscheidt. So, uh, you're going to want to do that. Uh, it's ran by our good friend, our good friend, uh, Oh, man, we got a bunch of things popped up here. Oh, no, we don't. Okay. Uh, Tim Lawson put and kissing. And kissing. So, uh, I know it's connected with something to do with the pandemic, but um, you have to uh, type in a little bit more what you were talking about there, Tim. Huh? Oh, the French. Oh, the French. Yes, the French. Well, they have French kissing. The French have given us a lot. They've given us a lot. They've given us a way to uh, feel badass since we, uh, uh, both in World War One and World War Two, we went over and fought against the Germans in, Fran- in, French, in France. We didn't fight against the Germans in French. While we were fighting the Germans, we didn't speak French. We didn't go, enchanté. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Ah, you know, there might have been one guy doing it. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have American bombers flying over uh, Dresden in World War II going, and then dropping bombs. So we didn't fight them in French. I don't want anybody, you know, going on social media going, uh, this says that all the American soldiers in World War I and World War II, uh, when they fought the Germans, they, they, they spoke French. Because uh, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I know, Tim, we caught it now. From the French, kissing. Uh, French kissing, tongue kissing. Mouth kissing. Mouth kissing. Uh, the French know how to party, man. They get naked on the beach and stick their tongues in each other's mouths. I, uh, you know, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound too good, does it? <laughs> hey, how about this? I really care for you. Can I stick my tongue in your mouth? I'll take my tongue and just shove it up against your throat, feel it around your upper palate. How about that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, they know how to have a good time. They know how to have a good time at JP's Comedy Club. By the way, have you ever thought about being uh, the life of the party? Uh, have you ever thought about just having some fun? We do offer stand-up comedy workshops at JP's and online on Zoom. Whether in the room or on Zoom, we can help you become a better public speaker. Get over your fear and anxiety. Get over your stage fright. Learn how to take all those great thoughts you have and coalesce them together in a, a really funny, fun five minutes, uh, 15 minutes, half hour, or hour. 
We can do that for you. We can get you on your way. In order to find out how, just go to ComedySchools.com. Everything's listed there. Free intro this coming Tuesday, a week from yesterday, Tuesday at 6 p.m. So if you're in some place other than uh, Phoenix, you want to check it out. Go to ComedySchools.com and register for the free intro this coming Tuesday. If you are in the greater Phoenix area, please come out um, Monday night, this coming Monday, to JP's Comedy Club. We'll be doing a free intro there as well. All right, I've covered all that. Cheryl, how much time do I have? Do we know? I don't have my watch with me. See what happens when you don't have a watch? That's what happens. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll just go till, uh, I'll go till I stop. Um, huh? Six minutes is all I got left? Wow, you guys. Uh, all right, so I'm going to save uh, the, the knick-knack patty whack the little uh, periodical I was going to show you today and get to the music. And we uh, somehow, it's funny how the mind works because I don't know if this was all subconscious with me. I don't know if it was because when I once I heard that Pfizer uh, was a primarily a French company and uh, I'm going to have to double check that. I'm going to have to double check that. And by the way, uh, Pfizer was not part of Operation Warp Speed, uh, which was our government under the Trump administration's uh, uh, name for what they were doing to find a vaccine to kill the hoax that doesn't exist. Um, they're not part of Operation Warp Speed, but a uh, uh, international and primarily a French company that has come up with a vaccine that seems to be 90% effective. 90% effective. We also talked about uh, little skin cancers and how to get rid of them easily and how those really came uh, began to kick in uh, in high speed, especially in late 50s, early 60s with the advent of the French bikini which brought all the girls down to the beach in little uh, skimpy, uh, teeny-weeny polka-dotted bikinis, and then brought all the boys down, uh, stripping down to their swimsuits, too. Uh, all that lust, all that love coming right from the French. How the French gave us tongue-kissing and allowed us to feel like badasses because twice we saved them in world wars. And uh, musical selection today, and chosen before I went into all that, Miss Edith Piaf. There she is right there. Edith Piaf. Now, Edith Piaf is not well-known in America. Some of her songs are because they're used in commercials. Some of her songs are used because they're in commercials. But she was known as a national treasure in France, the French Chanteuse. Um, her biggest uh, hit that you will know, and it's the one that we're going to put up today, you would check it out, is uh, La Vie en Rose. La Vie en Rose. That was her biggest hit. Um... And I think it's the one that's made in, um, used in some commercials right now. But you really owe it to yourself if you're looking to expand your musical palette to check out some of these singers you haven't listened to before. And we've been, we've been featuring a lot of female singers this week. Uh, Bessie Smith and, of course, Janis Joplin and uh, Emmy Lou Harris. But Edith Piaf was a, a classical torch singer. She sang love songs, love ballads, and like most love ballads, they were about lost love or the longing for love. An incredible singer. And in a sense, not only was she the national treasure, but she was the Judy Garland of uh, France. Uh, a tragic life marred with alcohol addiction, morphine addiction, unimaginable loss, political controversy. And she died far too young. She died in her 40s. But what an incredible musical legacy she left. Um, 
You know, one of the knocks on some country music now, and I'm not knocking modern country music exactly, but some of the knocks on some country music now is unlike Hank Williams or George Jones or Merle Haggard or Lefty Frizzell, uh, these guys don't live it. Coming up in mostly upper middle class situations from functional families or, you know, semi-functional families, uh, what they're doing is a, uh, a, technical a technical exercise in uh, creating a sound that's known as country. Whereas Hank Williams lived every one of those goddamn songs. Merle Haggard in so many ways did too. As far as love ballads, lost love, uh, a voice that seems to be a tortured soul rising up out of the pain to create something beautiful. This woman, Edith Piaf, her life story fits that. At 17, she had a child that lived to be two and passed away. The great love of her life was uh, uh, the uh, great French boxer, you might say the French boxer, <laughs> Marcel Serdan, I'm probably mispronouncing that, who died in a plane crash on his way to visit her. She was in two automobile accidents that left her in unimaginable pain. During World War II, she did not get out of France and oftentimes did concerts for the uh, Vichy government, which was the government that was installed by the Germans and some say the Germans as well. And her uh, career was almost destroyed and in tatters much the way that uh, Marie Chevalier's was, too, during that uh, terrible time. Um, but somehow uh, she was able to resurrect it because the French people so loved her. That must have been a tough time in France during World War II. If you didn't get out, if you didn't come to America, if you didn't escape Nazi occupation, and then you had to live your days, day in, day out. You still had to get up, make breakfast, go to work, take care of your family, do your job. You know, knowing that uh, the slightest deviation from the very narrow path that you were allowed to tread during that occupation could land you in prison or a concentration camp. Um, she came under a lot of fire, a lot of political controversy uh, during that time, but uh, rose from it, uh, never, re never achieved the international stardom. Just like Mar Marie Chevalier's career. If you don't know Marie Chevalier's, if you like the Marx Brothers, that song, If I'm Nightingale, could sing like you. That's Marie Chevalier. Uh, somewhat a resurrected career by the 50s, early 60s. But uh, so many people were touched and damaged by that war. As mo so many people are touched and damaged by a lot of the, the uh, violence and political hostility and political climate of any era. Uh, this being one. Uh, careers never reached the heights they should. Edith Piaf died young. She died in her 40s. She has a voice that is the voice of a tortured angel, of a wounded saint, of a mighty martyr. And if you will give yourself a little space and step back from your preconceived ideas of what good music is and what good music isn't and what you like and don't like and have an open mind and an open book and sit down and listen to Edith Piaf. This is from the album Eternal. It was made in Holland. It contains 18 recordings. You can find her on YouTube. And when I say that she was the uh, French Judy Garland, we talk about a small, tiny woman who had a voice that filled the universe, much like Judy, uh, who um, had that fragility on stage that almost brought a tear to your eye just to see her stand there, seeming to fight off every demon fl flying about her. 
to sing music that would soothe and save your savage soul. So that is our musical selection for today, Miss Edith Piaf. Uh, We're putting up uh, here, uh, and it's already in the comments. It'll go in the title of today's show as well, La, La Vian Rose. I'm going to listen to this whole thing when I get off the air today. I've listened to it a few times, but not in a while. It's not going in a garage sale. The Edith Piaf CD stays with me to the end of my days. And by the way, this is now the end of the show. And I want to thank you so much for watching. I want to thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with uh, more music and more fun stuff to talk about on your daily distraction, living on a thin line. My name's Tony Visick. Bye-bye.